Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast presented by Legendary Sports. Game two just ended. Micah and I, like we said, we're doing reactions after each and every game, right after our initial thoughts and what we like from the game, what each team needs to do. And then we'll give you a prediction on our game three. I was on solo uh, game one uh, by myself. I said that the Warriors were going to win game two. I thought it was actually going to be a blowout. It wasn't really a blowout. It looked like the Warriors were running away with the game, but uh, the Raptors were able to bring it back. But Micah, since you weren't on that first game, uh, you weren't on the first game reaction, I want to get your thoughts on that first game and then what you saw from this game. And where do you think this series is going from here? Man, so I kind of went out on a limb for, you know, we kind of do the predictions and stuff like that. And I kind of went out on a limb and I thought that the Raptors would be able to get game one. Um, not really just because they were and definitely not the better team, of course, but I felt like just going into the series, the hype, first championship series in Toronto basketball history, they're there, Drake's hyped up. I just figured if they get game one, they'll get game one. But it's go, of course, it's going to be a split. The Warriors, like they did today, will find a way to win. Um, the game one was what it was, game one. Siakam had an amazing game. But as you pointed out, bro, there's a lot of stakes and there's a lot of chances you playing with Siakam being your like being your dog with you know getting great playoff performances back to back to back and like we saw in game two I mean even though I mean the Raptors probably should have won this game I mean it clearly just didn't happen and we're kind of seeing it now the split thing trying to happen it was a weird game the Warriors didn't feel like they should have won and they felt like they were trying to give it away at times but they found a way to win in like the weird Warriors fashion kind of way they just got hot at the right time 20 and 0 run in the third quarter to do that, you feel me? So what I'm just seeing right now is more of just an even kind of series, a split. I think this series changes, of course, when KD comes back. Whenever KD comes back, it's the Warriors series to lose. Yeah, uh, so like I said, after game one, I thought that with the uh, Raptors, I didn't think they were going to get a performance like that out of their bench and role players. Uh, again, we had Siakam not missing a shot. You had Marcus Hall giving you 20 points, and you just didn't have that tonight. I said for them to win, Kyle Lowry has to show out. In this game, Kyle Lowry had uh, 13 points. He fouled out uh, in the middle of the fourth quarter, I believe, Micah. Mm. He was 4 for 11 with only 28 minutes. Siakam, who was amazing last game, only scored 12 points. Marco Saul, who had 20 points, scored 6 points. Danny Green, 8. Powell, 7. Uh, Abaka, 7. And Van Vliet was awesome. But 7 for 17, uh, you don't really want that coming from your backup point guard. But this is, I think this is, this is what we talked about even in our episode last week when we said that this is why we think the Warriors are just going to be able to win. They just have too much star power. We saw what happened. Boogie, we didn't believe that he was going to be much of a factor in the first couple of games, but he showed out today. Um, yeah, man. 11 to 10, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Steve Kerr, shout out to him for believing in him and going with him with the start. He played 28 minutes after he hadn't played in the last, like, 45 days it was. Um, three for eight, one for three from three, but with 10 points, uh, 10 11 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists, which is amazing from Boogie for him to get uh, almost a triple-double there. So the Warriors were able to pull it together, scrap it together, even with Clay Thompson going down in the fourth quarter. It's Steph Curry not hitting the sh- a shot in the, first, um, in the first quarter and then finally able to get going in that second quarter. And everything seemed to be going wrong for the Warriors. And just like that, we've seen it so many times in the third quarter, they're able to turn it around and bring it back. And I think that's... That's the problem the, the Raptors are going to have because now, when like we have always talked about, role players play better at home. Mm-hmm. And now you have a situation where you're going to Golden State where the crowd is going to be on their side. And now you know who's really going to be able to play. 
And is is Siakam going to be able to have a game like he did in game one, or is it going to be similar to game two? Are we going to see Marcus Hall be able to put up 20 points, or is it going to be the six-point outing? Danny Green, three for seven. Are we going to – like, there's so many questions here for the Raptors that I think I'm very scared that if they do not win game three – because the Warriors still haven't ruled out KD for game three. So if you have a situation where they're back at full strength and they're going with the, the starting lineup of Steph, Clay, um, Iggy, Draymond, and Boogie, or if they're going with Steph, Clay, KD, uh, Draymond, and Boogie – then this is it's a, ugly. It, it can get very ugly for the Raptors very quick. But Micah, I, I want to talk about the game specifically and go basically quarter by quarter. So in the first quarter, what did you see from the Raptors that you liked that they were able to build up that lead? You know, what I saw from the first quarter was, you know, it was relatively close. I would say uh, in the uh, 27-26 quarter, it was more of just them answering the ball. I mean, Clay Thompson, he was, I mean, he was shooting lights out that first quarter and, you know, we were having talks in our group chat about, you know, pure shooters and stuff like that. And, I mean, he's right up there with Ray Allen just looking at his shot and everything. He was working off pick and rolls, just getting good shots. But what I saw from the Raptors, bro, I like how they answer early on in the game. And of course, this uh, transferred to the second quarter. They actually won the quarter by points. And they had – I think they had the sl- – I know. Yeah, they had the sl- – yeah, what, six-point lead going into halftime? Yeah, yeah, five, yes. six-point lead going into halftime. Yeah. So, but even in saying that, bro, it seemed like they were up 20 at times. It felt like they were running away with the game at times. You know, Draymond was doing some weird stuff. I think he had a, either a bad turnover or he did something towards the end of the half or something like that. But at the end of the day, bro, without KD and them playing terrible, Steph playing, I mean, I mean, not really that good. They were still only down six. And at that point, it was like, damn. The Rodgers are doing all of this. They're playing this great, great basketball. And they're still only up six points. And then you th- start thinking about it. You're like, all right, wait a minute. The Warriors, bro. <laughs> like, first of all, this is ridiculous that they're even able to do this. And the fact that they open—I don't know if they opened the quarter, uh, the third quarter with it, but they went on a twenty and zero run. Yeah, it was. Kinda, yeah, yeah. It, it was, yes, no, they opened with the twenty. Yeah, uh, okay. twenty zero run in, yeah. in that third quarter. Bro, they were on fire when they first got to that. I think it was a five zero run just to take the lead, or no, it was a nine zero run to take the lead. And I saw Boogie Cousins clapping at the time, and I was like, "Oh, damn." Here we go again, and then boom, it took off. Um, moving to the more of the specifics. Um, the thing, I, yes, you know, I keep saying this. Kawhi Leonard, of course, he's going to be your main guy, and he's going to get all the points. He had thirty-four and fourteen. That's great. But Van Fleet, as your backup point guard, taking well seventeen shots. Yeah, inexcusable, bro. I mean, listen, that's great that he that he's taking the shots and he's making the buckets, but seventeen or seventeen shots, first of all, is not efficient. He's playing his ass off, which he needs to because apparently he's not going to get offensive production anywhere else. He was the second leading scorer, but still. This has to pick up somewhere. We're seeing the same things that plagued them in the last series a little bit. Well, the last really for the whole playoffs. It's kind of like this drag they go on when it feels like they should just put the foot on their necks and really just stomp down. And they're kind of just letting these teams get real close. I'm thinking of that Sixers series. Them going and I mean, even being in the fact that they were almost in overtime and Kawhi had to hit an amazing shot. That alone, yeah, after, oh, that game, yeah. after that game looked like it, it was over and the Raptors were winning it. Exactly. And that is it's kind of to the point. And, see, the bad thing is with the Warriors, if you if this is a manageable lead or a manageable deficit going into the third quarter, they will open it up. I'm thinking of Richard Jefferson's tweets every, every time. Bro, <laughs> with the, the, with the Blazers, Portland bro, <laughs> Three games in a row. Well, four games in a row. 
oh, no, the Blazers are leading at half. The Warriors, I still don't think they're going to win, though. <laughs> I don't think the Blazers are going to win. Though. I'm not too confident in them. And I'm seeing that again. It's a damn trend. I mean, the Warriors are probably the best third-quarter team or less best responders to a deficit we've probably seen. I mean, maybe it's from Steve Kerr. Maybe it's just the nature of them. But they play two championship basketball. And I don't know, bro. It's just – it's just – it's, it's the Warriors. And I'm, I want to be faithful and just be like, you know, maybe they lose. But, dog, when they get to the Oracle, it's the last couple games in the Oracle, bro. It's going to get so, so loud and so crazy there. I just, I don't, I just don't see this ending boding well for the Raptors. They get it to the game seven, they have a fair chance just because they're home. But, man, it's going to get crazy in that Oracle, bro. Yeah, and th- that's, what, that's where I want to start with, with um, my breakdown. I want to start with the first quarter where, like you said, it was 27 to 26. Um, there, was, there were blows back and forth. Each team was able to answer. Clay Thompson, shout out to him. He was able to keep the words in the game because it could have gotten, like you said, ugly and ugly fast. That second quarter is where the Raptors lost the game. I know people are confused, like, wait, the Raptors were up six. Should've with about up. two minutes, with about two, three minutes left in the game, they were up 14, 15 points. The Warriors were able to bring it uh, back within six. And I know in basically all of our group chats we were like, a six-point lead for the Warriors, it's nothing. That's a Stephen Clay three. Man. And Absolutely. you know. You know how potent the Warriors are going into um, going into the third quarter. They started off with an 18-0 run in that quarter and were able to put the Raptors away. The Raptors were never able to call back after that. And the fans, they were behind the Raptors. They were leading them when they were up. Everybody was going crazy. Drake was going crazy. But that third quarter, the Warriors silenced them, and they just they were never able to get back into it. With this uh, With this game, looking for... The court, uh, looking like quarter by quarter wise and actually breaking down. The Raptors were able to play great defense in the first two quarters, mm-hmm. but with DeMarcus Cousins now being able to be in that lineup um, over Kevon Looney, you have to respect him as a three-point shooter, as we saw him hit one, a very pivotal one in the game. And with that, that allows a lot more spacing for, uh, for the Warriors there. When uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who was leading that offense in the 18-0 run, which was very interesting to see, mm-hmm. he could drive. He oh, drive. yeah. He, he was, was taking, taking the soft dribbles, bro. Yeah, he would take the soft dribble, which would attract another attract another defender. He could kick it out, and Steph or Clay could hit a shot. If you're not going to bring somebody to him, he's going to go ahead, and then he's going to lay it up and get an easy bucket. He was able to pass off to Draymond Green and Sean Livingston, and they were able to ro- work within that unit. And it just shows that last game, Dray- with DeMarcus only playing eight minutes, he wasn't really useful. But now with him playing 28 minutes, and potentially now you could see him staying in that starting lineup, and that offense revolving around him, it can, it's going to be very interesting to see how Nick Nurse is able to combat this because with Kevon Looney, you don't have to worry about that three-point shot or any type of outside shot. But now with DeMarcus Cousins playing a, basically uh, at the beginning of that third quarter, a point center, mm-hmm. there, there's so many options there. And then they were able to get a lot of um, alley-oops with Andrew Bogut um, late in the game, and they were starting to double-team and starting to force the issue and not go what worked in the first two quarters. So, I'm very, I'm very excited and very interested to see how this series goes. I, like I said in the last episode, uh, I'm going with Warriors in five. I'm going to stick with it until I see something else happens. If I was to make a new prediction now, I obviously, I probably would go with Rodgers in six, just because I've liked the way their defense has looked the past couple of games. But I will be sticking uh, with Warriors in five. And Micah, game three, it's a very, it's a very pivotal game Absolutely. right now. Right now. 
the Warriors. Even I don't think we didn't even talk about this yet. They played the last. Um, they played the last two quarters without Kevon Looney, who was they're basically their starting center the past couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, since Boogie has went down, they played the fourth quarter without uh Clay Thompson. Injuries, man. Iggy's still a little banged up. Iggy Iggy's banged up. Uh, he hit the huge three to to end the game. So game three, there's a lot of questions in the air because Kevin Durant has not been rolled out yet. We don't know the extent of Clay's injury, and we don't know if Looney. We know Looney has a sprained collarbone. We don't know how much that's going to affect him. What are your thoughts on Game Three? What do the Raptors have to do to win Game Three? And what is your exact prediction on who is going to win that game? All right, so I'll move to the Raptors side. The one thing I'm not liking, I'm seeing right now, is kind of the same thing that worked for them in the Eastern Conference Championship against the Bucks. They seem very superstar dependent right now on. Necessarily, you know, they're not making a lot of shots, so Kawhi's having to pick them up. Now, see, the problem is when you start need shots, you're going to have to end up start forcing the ball, and this is going to be pivotal late in the series. I don't want them to, you know, go through the same things that just they won. Really, they were in this, uh Excuse me, they were in, they were able to focus on Giannis going into that series in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm saying. And they were able to kind of take him out. I don't want the same thing to happen with Kawhi because right now his best help is a bench player. And he's an efficient bench player at that. So I just don't, you know, the Warriors will end up picking on somebody like that. Albeit, I do see them. Well, I don't see them winning game three. I think the Warriors take game three. I'm going to stick with my original picks. Um, I think the Warriors, if KD is ruled in, they probably win the first game with KD. Now, the problem is, who else is going to be on the court? If KD is going to have to – yeah, because, I mean, if Clay, if they might – if KD comes back, Clay might not play. Iggy is still up in the air. Iggy's a, a – you know, he's a hard hat kind of guy. He's been playing in this league for 15 years since I was a kid. So he's probably going to end up playing. But without Kevon Looney, you're going to end up getting a lot of big minutes from Boogie, which, I mean, he's looking a little bit healthier and stuff like that. But you're going to end up getting a lot of big minutes from Andrew Bogut. That's going to change a little bit what you have to do. Yeah, you can do some of the lobs up they're doing today, but you don't want to end up with that stuck-in-the-mud kind of big thing. And if they go small, if the Raptors go small, it might be, you know, cause a little problems. Um, in game three, I still have the Warriors taking it. First game back in the Oracle. They kind of need this jump. Eh? They seem like they're lagging a little bit. Um, just moving forward, just a little, I guess, a little taste. For game four, I don't know if they win game four, which is – I've been kind of saying this the whole thing, uh, the whole time. I don't know if they win game four. Just because I just don't this it's not the same Warriors team and I'm not feeling the same vibe from them that killer. Like if they, I feel like if they had lost today, they won four straight. I feel like they split either you know they might lose game three tomorrow or not tomorrow they might lose game three, win game four and it might split. But either way, going back to Toronto is going to be a two-two split. I have it going Warriors in game three, Raptors in game four, going back to Toronto. But I have the Warriors taking it from the rest of the series, but. What I need to see from the Raptors is just them making shots. They shot 37%. They almost shot 100 shots, bro. While, of course, the Warriors on a good 46%, about be it, they did make up a lot of that in that 20-year run on 82 shots. It's a little bit better. I just need to see more offensive production. On the defensive side, I love what they're doing. But if you're not scoring baskets on the offensive side, what good is the defense? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's the case, too. I think role players play better. At home, so I think the Warriors role players and McKinney, who couldn't hit a shot today. Uh, Quinn Cook was amazing. We didn't QC. talk about him. Shout out to from PG County. Shout out to him. 
um, he was able to go ahead and help the Warriors out there. But I think your Jarepko's, your McKinney's, your Quinn Cooks, your Jordan Bell's, all those players will play better at home. And I think that the Raptors role players in Norman Powell and Van Vliet um, and uh, Serge Ibaka, I think all those players take a step down. And I think that's going to give the Warriors the edge for game three. What the Raptors need to do to go ahead and win game three, though, they have to find a way to make sure that they can um, go back to what was working in the first quarter with their defensively-wise, where it felt like they had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. They were always trailing them. They were always with them, making it difficult for Steph to get a shot. Because once Steph is able to get into a groove, he's almost impossible to stop. And when he's able to go, it makes the rest of the team go. The rest of the team is able to hit shot. You have open shots. And it's going to be interesting to see how this series plays out. Um, Kawhi definitely needs to have a big game in game three because you don't want the Warriors to go up 2-1 with game four still at home and a potential of KD coming back. If KD does not come back in this series, I, I think it goes six. But if KD's back either game three or game four, I think the series is over and I think the Warriors take this. Um, the report just came out that Klay Thompson, uh, he, he, they said that he pulled his hamstring. They think that it's minor. But Steve Kerr says that Klay can be half dead and he'll <laughs> still say he's fine. So we don't know exactly what's going on um, with his hamstring. So we have to figure all that out. But we do have a regular episode tomorrow. We'll definitely uh, do a more in-depth recap of what has happened in these first two games of the NBA Finals. Definitely talk some more uh, NBA news and any, if anything is going on in the NFL. But that's going to do it for a quick uh, Game 2 reaction for Mike and for Micah. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. Peace, Peace. out.